1: are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.
2: 20 minutes a day, 365 days a year.
3: Welcome back Packers fans to the Pack-A-Day podcast. It is the Thursday edition of the Pack-A-Day podcast. Hope everybody had a wonderful Christmas and a good holiday season as we approach the upcoming new year. I am one half of your crew, Jason Perrone. You can also find me over at Game On Wisconsin. I do the Quick Slants podcast. Along with me, as always, of Packer Report is Mark Eckel. And joining us is a familiar voice, and face if you're on my end of things, but it's just the voice for this show. He is also on the Tuesday edition of the Pack-A-Day podcast. He also runs Game On Wisconsin. Jacob Wessendorf has joined the two of us. So, Mark, we'll start with you. A a belated Merry Christmas. How is everything over on the beach?
4: It's a little cool, but... uh... But everything's fine. Everything's going well. Um, it was what a weekend. I mm-hmm. mean, uh, I, we, we talked prior to, to to recording. It's not often every game goes the way you want it to go, and and while there wasn't a total shocker in there, it's still for Seattle. I mean, every every team the Packers wanted to lose lost. On Saturday, and then 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 you're thinking, all right, now they're going to go. Right now, they now they got to take care of business, and they did. I mean, that that was probably to me that that was probably the most shocking of all the of all Uh games that that they went down to Miami, and beat Miami.
3: Uh huh. Yeah. Well, that yeah, that definitely that definitely for sure it was. We'll talk a little bit about that. I mean, it's been digested many many times by this time or at this point, but. Jake Westendorf out in the good old Midwest where I know we don't do really do the weather much anymore. I'll just spoiler alert. It's cold everywhere and it's probably coldest where you are.
5: Yeah, at least it rained a little today, so it wasn't snow uh, temperatures in like the 50s tomorrow. But oh, huh? after the uh, polar vortex that we had right before Christmas, uh, that, that was pretty tough. But yeah, Mark's right. It was nice to Saturday. You're like sit down and going through everything and just being like. Hey man, this game needs to go. Like, if you want to nitpick a little bit, I guess it would have been okay if the if the Giants um, had beaten the Vikings for funny purposes, but that even helps the Packers that um, they didn't they didn't win. Uh, and then, like Mark said, you know, the hardest one was going to be could Green Bay win a road game in Miami? And I got to tell you, at twenty to ten, I wasn't feeling all that confident. And then Miami just Miami is a team. I told the guy who runs a Dolphins website last week, I was like, I think they're a year ahead. Of everything, like McDaniel needs to take his lumps. Tua, uh, if he's healthy and is able, needs to take his lumps. Or maybe they'll try and do something different there. I don't know. But Miami's got a little too much of the dumb implosion. I don't have a better phrase for this, but just like they have a tendency to implode and lose games that maybe they shouldn't. And and Sunday's game against Green Bay was was certainly one of those. But you know, we'll take it. That was the this is the last. I think that was the toughest team left on Green Bay's schedule. Uh, now you got two home games and a Commanders loss. So two. Home games and the Commanders loss and the Packers, this Packers team is in the playoffs. That is just crazy for me to think, considering where we were if we had done the show three weeks ago.
3: Yeah, for sure. Now we can debate who the toughest team left is between Minnesota and Detroit. But right now it's the Vikings. That's where the Packers are focusing their attention. And we'll talk about the Packers defense against Minnesota's offense. This was a huge problem in the first game when the Packers let off this season once again with another tough week one showing it was the only Vikings win this year that was by more than one possession. So if you go back through, they had some eight-point victories. If you want to consider that one possession, I still say it is. It's in the NFL, not with a two-point conversion. So that's <laughs> the only time this season that the Vikings have beat a team by more than one score. We talked a little bit before we started about some of the the trends with the Vikings. We know they've been very cardiac, very late game heroics we all know about the colts game by the way hopefully that version of the colts offense shows up against the giants i think they play the giants and we need them to continue losing as well but the vikings have the are scoring the most points in the uh in the fourth quarter at this point so when we talk about how the packers need to defend the vikings well They need to they need to win the fourth quarter because the Vikings are head and shoulders, obviously winning quarter number four. And that's where they're coming out and squeaking out some of these games and winning. They have won 12 games. They don't have a great point differential. They don't hang out to the the ball very often. They've got the fourth lowest time of possession. Justin Jefferson, what can you say about it? He is the best receiver in football, at least this season. He's been fantastic. So that's going to have to be a huge focus. And, of course, the litany of fans that talk about Joe Barry and how they're going to approach the Vikings and let's not overthink this thing. You know, we'll remember back to week one when Jair Alexander was interviewed about the the way that they schemed up the defense. I think he wanted to take Jefferson one-on-one. It's going to be interesting to see what the Packers do as far as the injuries go, we only had one day of of uh, injury news as of recording time. Caseon Nixon did not practice; he's still nursing the groin injury, so that affects both the defense, as he's the nickelback, as well as obviously his kick return duties. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. But otherwise, the Packers mostly healthy. Otherwise, so Mark obviously two very different situations from week one to now. Here we are, almost at the end of this season, and it's. Packers and Vikings, and this game means a ton, which is a very good thing for the Packers.
4: Yeah, like, like Jacob has said before, who, who would have thought a couple weeks ago that, I mean, we were thinking Jordan Love might be playing these games because they were eliminated by by now, right? And just to see some young guys. Instead, it, it's not far-fetched now that the Packers make the playoffs. They're playing their favorite. I mean, the fact that a team that's under five hundred. I know they're home, but a team under 500 that's not in the playoffs as we speak is a three or three and a half point favorite over the number two, the current number two seed, tells you a lot. I think. I mean, I like I said, I know you get three points for home field, right? But that means on a neutral site, they're saying the seven and eight Packers are even with the 12 and three Vikings, and I think a lot of it is, is what you pointed out, um, Jason, how you know the. I, I saw somebody put something on online i was reading and i don't. i don't even i don't understand a lot of these new numbers that they use now these all these different stats but like the vikings are bad at everything like they rank like you know anywhere from 18th to 29th and like all these different um analytical stats and somebody asked what is it that the vikings do well you know what they do well they win
3: <laughs> they survive they
4: find a yeah. way uh, they they could they have five they could easily have four or five more losses easily they could have lost a colts game they, they could have lost a giants game they they should have lost a bills game i mean josh allen fumbles on the one yard line trying to just run the clock out i mean uh, there's a million i mean uh, almost every game that they other than that packer game opening day they they could have lost but they find ways to win and guess what that's that's a I'd rather, I'd rather have bad numbers stat-wise but find ways to win than be a team with, you know, gaudy stats and but, but don't know how to win. So this team knows how to win somehow.
3: Yeah, well, victories are obviously really important. And so we, we look at the differences between these two teams. And then let's talk a little bit about that, I guess, Jake, to, to get your take on it. We use the term "luck." I don't know whether you believe in that or if that's really a thing. But the Vikings, if there is a case to be made, have seemingly a lot of it this season.
5: Yeah, I do to a point. I think the clock strikes midnight eventually when you're relying on Josh Allen fumbling inside the one yard line to to lose a game. Essentially, however, what Mark said is true, and you know this is, these are talking points we had during the 2019 season, and I know we all talked about it because I listened. I listened to us talk about it. Green Bay found a way to win every single close game that year for the most part in 2019 and they went 13 and three and you want to talk about a team that has like Green Bay stats mark the ones that you were mentioning and somebody it was I think it was Peter Bukowski was asking like what exactly are the Vikings good at That's what, what you're like. well then the Green Bay has gaudier numbers but a crappier record so and you hear coaches and stuff like this is where I think there's a disconnect between like guys like me that are just outside of everything and what coaches and teams and all that stuff value because You hear coaches all the time talk about, well, we found a way to win. Well, not only did they find a way to win, sometimes you find a way to lose too. Green Bay has found a way to lose. They found a way to lose against Washington. They found a way to lose against the Giants. They found a way to lose against Detroit and Detroit. Those are all games they should have won and they dumbed their way into losses that way. That's where I think good teams do make their own luck to some degree Uh, and Minnesota has, Minnesota's explosive. Uh, They have Justin Jefferson, like you mentioned, Dalvin Cook is pretty good. Kirk Cousins is having maybe the best year of his career. Adam Thielen and TJ Hawkinson, there are some nice steady players that they have on that side of the ball. Their offensive line leaves a little bit to be desired, but they've been good enough throughout the course of the season. That being said, at some point, when you keep tempting fate the way the Vikings have, and they have 11 one score victories this season, eventually the ball bounces the other way. And, and that's just like a law of averages kind of thing. So, I do believe in luck. I do believe that the Vikings clock is going to strike midnight. However, I do think that they deserve credit for finding ways to win games. And cause that, I I know that the new age way of thinking is that that's not a skill, but I do not agree. I think that like the New England Patriots for years and years and years and years won a bunch of close games, especially in the playoffs and stuff like that. And I know like the counter argument might be while well, the Giants and the Eagles games in the Super Bowl were close and they didn't win those. Yeah, but they won six other ones. <laughs> Like eventually the best teams, they just, they find ways to do it. And as Minnesota, one of the best teams in the NFC, I don't think, well, the NFC is not particularly good. So sure. Do I think they're as good as Philadelphia or San Francisco? No. Do I think oh, that Dallas. they would or Dallas? No. Do I think that they would beat like Kansas city or Buffalo or a team like that in the super bowl? No, but these also, some of these talking points feel like coping mechanisms for Packer fans. Cause we know Minnesota is better. And at least record-wise, they're better than they have been. And and that's just kind of the nature of it. In 2019, I didn't hear a lot of us apologizing for Green Bay being quote-unquote lucky and playing in an NFC title game. And maybe that's where Minnesota will find themselves here in a couple of weeks as well, hopefully after a nice loss that they take on Sunday afternoon against these Green Bay Packers.
4: Well, one thing, just to add to that, is in, in, in my years of covering the Eagles and covering the NFL, when you win like the Vikings are winning, it it, it becomes a mental, like you. they never think they're out of a game, like that, that Colt game. When when you win a game like that, you just think you're going to win. Like it's, it gets in your head, like, all right, so we're down, whatever. We're going to win this game. You know, the Giants game, like the Giants come down and tie it, and it looks like this game's, I mean, for all, I thought for sure that, and I wasn't watching that game because it wasn't local here, but I'm seeing the score, and actually a couple of friends came over to watch the games with me that day, and they're like, oh, uh, Giants-Vikings are, are going overtime. I'm like, oh, shit, how about that? And all of a sudden, the guy makes a 61-yard. Like, but they, he believed he was going to make that because that's what the Vikings have done this year. They they win games with 61-yard field goals. They win games when they're down 33 nothing. They win games when everything goes again, when the guy fumbles up to one yard. I mean, and it works the other way, too. When there, I've, I've covered teams, and I've seen teams where You've out you've outplayed the team all all game, and then you do something at the end to lose the game, and then that gets in your head the same way where you're waiting for something bad to happen. Whereas the Vikings right now they're waiting for something good to happen. They it, it confidence is a big thing, and I think the Vikings are loaded with confidence that they don't care about their DVOA stats and whatever other those other numbers are. They want they just know they're twelve from three.
3: Yeah, and all that stuff does it. it I think the Packers. The way we heard Robert Tunyon talk about after this past season, it almost seems like the Packers were one of those examples you were talking about, Mark, where they were just waiting for something bad to happen instead of having confidence and believing in, in what they do. And if there's one thing that the, the Vikings obviously are good at and believe in, it's it's how they're going to finish a game. I mean, like I said, they've got the, the best uh, fourth quarter scoring. They Justin Jefferson is leading the league in every passing category and they're taking the ball away. So all the things that teams need to do to be survivors. I mean, and, and like you said, Jake too, it doesn't matter how I'll use the word fraudulent. I don't necessarily believe in that, but the, the 12 wins that they have are or not, they still, you you know, Bill Parcell said you are what your record says you are. So they're getting in, they're winning this division. They're going to have a high seed at some point, and then we'll let it play out and see what it is that happens. But, When we go back to that first game, And Justin Jefferson just absolutely going off in the first half. Now, the Packers kind of figured it out in the second half, and he didn't have the big stats, but he'd already kind of done his damage. And the Packers only, on the flip side, on offense, the Packers only scored seven points, so that was also not helpful. I think this offense is a lot better, although Christian Watson, we're not an offensive show, but Christian Watson did not practice on Wednesday, so we'll see what his status is going to be for this game, because obviously he's going to be needed. But when you're cooking up your your scheme here and you're trying to figure out what it is that you want to do, Jake, it seems to me like you've got a cornerback in Jair Alexander, who's playing a little bit hotter. I loved his post game interview talking about the interception that he got after the the Dolphins game and I'm not saying that you can because Justin Jefferson is a fantastic talent he's going to get his catches and you're not going to shut him down I don't care if it's the second coming of Darrell Revis in his prime Deion Sanders or both of them along with Jair Alexander he's still going to find a way to catch a ball he's kind of like Devonte at his peak he can get open in a phone booth but as far as how you attack this thing that's where it first and foremost starts we know the Packers struggled in stopping the run Delvin Cook is still a thing weather's colder Garrett Bradbury didn't practice. He's got a back and he didn't practice on Wednesday. So that's their starting center. But obviously it starts the the defensive game planning here, Jake, with Joe Barry obviously stops and starts with Justin Jefferson and what you do there.
5: Yeah. And it has to. And I, I think that after the first week of the season, you know, a lot of us had the talking point of like, well, just put Alexander on Jefferson and, and it would be so much better. And I'm like maybe and Jair is a great player. Like I'm not, and there's some discussion about how his play has slipped this season a a little but it's not nearly as bad as as some people on the internet might have you believe he still had a very very good season this is just life of an nfl cornerback it is hard unless they're going to call the game the way that they did on sunday in miami where just pass interference doesn't exist then it's really hard to play cornerback in the nfl and guys are going to make plays against you and not only that with justin jefferson like you said jason he can get open in a phone booth he's the it's him and Devontae those are the two best receivers in football which by the way shout out Devontae I hear you know the quarterback that you wanted to play with might not want to be around so if you want to come back I'm a forgiving person so we can talk a little bit Um, but with Jefferson you know I don't think it is just and when people are like oh just play man coverage and put Jair on, on Justin Jefferson I think that's a recipe for giving up 60 yard bombs because then, what's Kevin O'Connell going to do? He's going to draw man beaters. He's going to draw up those deep crossers that are hard to pass off, and those are the plays that, like Jalen Waddle scored on on Sunday against Green Bay. So, in general, I would like to see more of Alexander on Jefferson, especially from like I look at what Jonathan Gannon did for the Eagles when they played them the week after Green Bay did, and it was kind of a matchup specific situation. Like, hey, it's third and nine. Yeah, Darius Slay is. Covering Justin Jefferson, and we're still going to bracket him because he's still Justin Jefferson. And the Eagles are a more talented defense than the Packers are, and their pass rush is more talented. And I think that's where some of this starts too. Is Minnesota's interior is not good. Kenny Clark is coming off maybe the best game uh, of his season, and Jeron Reed coming off the best game of his season, and now we might see more Devonte Wyatt, who had he's got some juice, man. I know that we've been pining for him to play more. He's a talented prospect. And um, This is one of those cases where, unfortunately, it's Dean Lowry being injured. Never want to see that, obviously, but it might get more opportunities for a more talented player that can make some more splash plays in that game, and that is where I really think that's how you limit Justin Jefferson, is put Kirk Cousins on his back as much as you can. And Minnesota, the other thing about it is why you can't just focus on him. Minnesota's got other guys, too. Thielen's solid. K.J. Osborne's had some nice games for them. T.J. Hawkinson is solid if unspectacular. The backs catch the ball out of the backfield. They're a tough offense to cover. And it's not just as simple as staple 23 to 18 and let's see what happens. But yeah, third and 10, third and any third down that exists, 23, you go find 18 and you just follow him. And if they know we're running man coverage off that, so be it. But I would rather have that than Jefferson's really smart. All those guys are really smart. They'll find holes in his zone, especially if he's got time to throw, which Green Bay's pass rush there are a lot of things about this Packers team that have gotten better since the first game of the season. The pass rush is not one of them. Rashawn Gary is not going to play on Sunday.
3: Yeah, and obviously that's the 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 key is get pressure in every game. And the, the Vikings have actually given up quite a few sacks. I think Kirk Cousins has faced a lot more pressure than a lot of other, other starting quarterbacks in the league. So there could be some opportunity there. But again, it's it's you know different from week to week. I thought the pressure that they got on Tua and limiting him a little bit Worked, got into his head a little bit at the end of the game. But Kirk Cousins is playing a lot differently, a lot more confidently now. He's trusting Justin Jefferson. He's giving him those chances instead of checking it down like he did before. And Jefferson's winning those matchups. So that's where the Vikings are are dangerous. And Jake, like you said, too, Adam Thielen is still a thing until further notice. Uh, Osborne is a really good wide receiver. So... They're going to have to have, and, and we know that the communication has been a problem. We've heard Joe Barry, we've heard Matt LaFleur talk about how the communication and the scheme is being, communi- it's being taught correctly. It's just not being executed very well. And all it takes is a couple of mistakes on Sunday and you're in trouble. So I think, Mark, you probably would agree too. This is obviously the marquee matchup of the game here. This is going to determine much like it seems like every week, but it's because this isn't the Kirk Cousins of old. It's a different, more confident, more efficient, I guess, Cousins.
4: Well, yeah, he has, when he has a great surrounding cast. I mean, I'm not a Kirk Cousins fan. and never have been. I still want to see him win a big game, but when you have like the weapons that he has around him, it's not... Sure, give him credit. I don't, I don't want to be, begrudge him what he's done, but I, I couldn't agree with what Jacob said more. To, the key to this game is getting pressure on Cousins. Cousins can't, Jefferson can Jefferson could be wide open, but if if Kenny Clark has you know, Cousins wrapped up and about to sack him, Garrison can, can, can be as open as as anything but, you know, if if, if Kurt's on the ground, he, he's not getting the ball to him, right? So, yeah, they gotta get pressure. I mean, I, I would, that's where I would start with, just go out, you know, find the weaknesses on that offensive line and just attack, attack, attack. Kenny Clark, if you said the Vikings center didn't practice today, so if they got a backup in there, I, I'd like to see Kenny Clark have a have a big day. I love. I've been waiting for Wyatt to play more. I don't. I've been banging that drum since week three or four. Every um, Packer report article since week three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've been, I, That's. I don't know why. I mean, they liked him enough to take him in the first round, but they don't. They didn't like him enough to play him. I don't. I don't know. Anyway, and um, you know, Reed had his best game of the season, like you said last week. So I like to see another effort from him. And you know, oh, Preston Smith is having having a decent year. I mean, kind of a under the radar decent year, but he's having a decent year. And then the rookie Kingsley um, and Gabar, he's he's gotten some 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 pressure in the last couple weeks. Um, he had he had a decent. He started the game all very well last week against Miami. Just you know, they, they got to get pressure. That if Cousins sits back there, it's only I don't care who's covering Jefferson, he's going to get open if 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 Cousins has time or Thielen's going. Somebody's going to get open. And um, I'd like to ask you guys this. So you, you mentioned the tight end, Hawkinson. If the Lions knew where they would be now at the trade deadline, do they make that trade?
3: Well, Jake, I'll let you start. We're driven by the
0: search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data
2: mypatriotsupply.com
5: I think they do just talking to some guys that I know that follow the Lions closely or cover them it sounds like it was one of those they they didn't think they were going to pay him uh, and honestly the kid that they had to replace him was Brock Wright and he's made some nice plays for them uh, they had three touchdowns from one of their but they were all like Bubba Frank's one yard touchdown <laughs> variety but they all still count right so mm-hmm. I think the Lions are kind of gearing towards more of a spread passing spread you out because you've seen like they they use that high pick on Jamison Williams they have him on Ross St. Brown they spent money on DJ Chark they've got Josh Reynolds I think that you know this time next year we're going to be talking about a team that they they are gunned for like not the 2011 Packers in terms of how good they are but just that style of play Uh, and Hawkinson I you know I've I got a lot of heat during that draft class for saying that he wasn't like the greatest tight end prospect ever, which is the way some people, uh, and so with you on that. I thought he was good, but was like good. if Green Bay, if Green Bay had taken him at 12, I would have been upset.
4: And oh yeah. He was, you No, know, I'm with you on that. So I, don't, I, I don't take any, t- I mean a tight end has got to be really, really special to take in the top 15. Yeah. And I don't know. I just don't know
5: by the time they are good, special, whatever, they're three, four five years into their contract. So by that point it's just a really long-term risk to do something like
4: that but yeah I think the Lions still make them okay. yeah when the Lions made the trade they were too bad yeah right? so they looked like a team that wasn't going. and now they're I mean if, if we were doing a Lions podcast we'd be talking about their chances to make the playoffs because they're kind of in the same boat as the Packers right if they win both their games
5: I think they need a little more help than Green Bay or than Green Bay does but I'm not yeah. 100% sure I think so
4: Oh, yeah, because they lose the tiebreaker to Seattle for some reason. Whereas the Packers win the tiebreaker over Seattle. But Seattle's falling apart. Yeah. Tino Smith finally wrote, wrote back. And they realize their roster's not very good. Like <laughs> that's that's the other part of it.
3: Yeah, they wrote they wrote Geno Smith off, and he never wrote back. And now he's writing back. Now he's writing back. Yeah. So I think I still think the trade happens because apparently Minnesota and Detroit okay. need to need to make a deal with each other at least once every six months, and it had almost been six <laughs> months so since the draft, and so they're like, it's time for us to make another trade. So I, it's it's an interesting dynamic, but yeah, I think I think they were going to make the move. You, you know, you you make the move. If you got your eye on the future and Detroit, just, you know, they're they're not bungling things like they used to, at least from an optic standpoint. And that's why this is such an intriguing. Well, it's such an intriguing end of the season because you've got and who would have thought this would be the case. But you've got three of the four teams in the NFC North that are still vying for something. And it just, you know, the schedule makers always seem to get it right. I guess, especially when it comes to the Packers. I mean, this is—I'm not going to draw parallels to 2016 because it's a totally different situation, a different Packers team. But the Packers had to—I mean, obviously they've got to play against Minnesota this week, and things go well. But they end with the Lions in the last week of the season, which with with what could be a chance to uh, get into the playoffs. Well, that was to win the division, but in this case, it would be to get into the playoffs, and and maybe the Lions don't get in if they well, win we, that
4: we we talked about this a couple weeks ago Jace, maybe mm-hmm. or last week whatever it was that that lions packer game could be the winner makes the
5: playoffs the loser does and
2: mm-hmm.
5: i will say this if that is the scenario i haven't been confident in this packers team basically all season like even when they played the rams a couple mondays ago i was just like oh, eh, they they could find a way to bungle that i don't know uh-huh. if they have to play the lions and it's win and in and they've beaten minnesota i will be as confident as I've been in a game in years and years and years. And that is partially due to the reputation. The Packers have typically, and especially in the regular season, won these kinds of games to get where they need to be. And the Lions, whether regular season or playoffs, they've always found a way. What is the joke? Rebuilding since 1957. Like they've always found a way. And they did last week. Like they're playing a not very good Carolina team. And they got torched in a game that like a lot of people kind of penciled as the gimme for them. And I'm not sure who Detroit plays this week, but There. Oh, they, okay. So they should they, beat they, Chicago. They kind of have a bye. <laughs> yeah, they should beat Chicago. Uh, but I mean, would it surprise you if the Bears won that yeah. game? Like, I, yeah, I, I, would Okay, not okay. Me. That's that's Never fair. I mean, the
4: Bears beat anybody.
5: Chicago is terrible. Like, they are the worst team in the NFL that's not named the Houston Texans. I'm, I'm I pretty, think they might be worse. It's possible. Houston like, it is
4: teams Houston loses, but they give you a fight. The
5: yeah, they've Kansas City, Dallas, teams like that they've yeah. given given some fits to. Chicago, yeah, they're just not very, I don't know. And that's going to be interesting cuz Chicago is going to be everybody's darling by you know what, July or something like that <laughs> after they have a cuz they're going to be active this off season. They got all them draft picks, they've got uh salary cap space, all that stuff. I just don't know how they're going to be building a team through free agency is tough. They're going to have an opportunity to make a trade cuz they're probably not picking a quarterback that early, but there's a lot of heavy lifting to do. In Chicago and I think there's this expectation that the Bears are going to make some big deal for a receiver and I wonder was that big deal for the receiver Chase Claypool but that's a rabbit hole we don't need to go into but that's just either way Detroit it wouldn't surprise me if if they bungle a couple things because that's just what they've always done right
4: that's what I said when when Jason went when you and I talked about it saying it could come down to that and as well as the Lions have played the second half of the season and give Dan Campbell and his staff and the players a lot of credit for turning around and looking like, I mean, they have some quality wins of the second half. Um, they are the Lions and in a must win at Lambeau, I think I'm taking four-time MVP Aaron Rodgers over Jarikov.
3: Yeah, and they have That's to all. get there. Yeah, they have to get there. I don't think anyone's overlooking this game and I think about just stuff that doesn't matter. You know, I'm the king of some of those stats that don't mean anything and Jake knows this better than anybody because we, we podcast together for a long time and I love to bring up history that doesn't even apply today but they haven't beaten if you want to go deep into that doesn't mean it doesn't mean anything rabbit hole the packers have not beaten a vikings team where kurt cousins started and finished the game with a crowd since 2019 they they won the 2020 opener in minnesota but then the vikings won in a, in a game in lambeau that was windy the weather wasn't great the weather is it's going to be cold again in how, this yeah, how game how
4: cold is going to be sunday
3: uh, actually i this think it's mid 30s thir- mid 30s it's not that cold it's <laughs> it's not it's not going to be the typical you know freezing cold that it's, if it had windy. been a, it this week it would have been but it's it'll be a little bit warmer
4: will it be windy will any will weather be a factor at all do you think
5: having looked as somebody that'll be in the stadium i i appreciate when it's not frigid like that but um i've looked and it and it looks like yeah mid 30s 40s it doesn't look like weather is going to be because green Bay's relying on like, packer weather it's not gonna be a thing
4: i kind of I always like the home team when when the dome team's coming outside late in the air yeah you 37's kinda, the high 28's kinda, the low I mean,
3: five miles an
4: hour it's still so a yeah, lot colder two. than the vikings are used to playing inside yeah that's true
3: it is, but to go back into the meaningless history notebook here, I just want to, you know, I mean, it was twenty years twenty years ago, right now when Mike Vick broke the Packers in the playoffs. So, you know, as a dome team, and they lost their first ever playoff game at Lambeau Field. Right. So, I mean, I think the Packers are still better in the win- in the in the elements. I know they still they have to play in it too. It's it can be a disadvantage for the home team as well. But I still like that the. the their chances a lot better than, than Minnesota, but Minnesota is not going to come in and be hampered by anything. It's not like they're, they're not going to be used to, it. I mean, they have the ability to practice outside if they want to do any of that kind of stuff there too. And Justin Jefferson, guys like great players, Dalvin cook, that kind of stuff. It's it, it, it means something to them. This game is very important. Oh, they need this win. Too. They need it. They do. They do. If Cause they they're lose. still, they're still vying for one of those top spots and, and having to go on the road and, and the way that they've played, I, I think they, yeah, they they definitely need this game.
5: And the difference well, between playing in Minnesota versus in San Francisco right. for a potential divisional round matchup could be massive uh, for a team for a team like Minnesota. Like I think San Francisco could win in either one of those places, but Minnesota I think is a team that would be more reliant. On, and that actually, honestly, like something we're not even discussing is Minnesota is also two Eagles losses away from, and Jalen Hurts not playing, so who knows? But two losses by the Eagles away from potentially getting the one seed as well, right. so.
4: Oh, this game means this a win, like you said, Jake, a, a, a win. The Vikings still have you know, hopes of catching the Eagles for, for number one, but a loss and they're three because I, I'm assuming San Francisco is going to beat Jarrett Stidham and the Raiders this week. <laughs> and then they play Arizona and Trace McSorley the following. And then they gotta, yeah, so San Fran's not losing again this regular season, so they're going to end up and then if and they would tie but the Vikings the, the Niners would ha- hold the tiebreaker over the Vikings so that would make them two instead of three which means if the Packers do get in they're going to have to play the 49ers
3: which is as I've said and I think that's what I told I told Jake in, in jest and now it's looking more and more like it could very well be the case the Packers you know they're they're Consolation, I'll call it, you know, instead of their reward for getting into the playoffs is congrats. You made the playoffs and turned your season into something. Now go to San Francisco and see Kyle Shanahan again. So, but I think we would love for that, that to happen and that pro- problem to exist because we've seen these Packers under Matt LaFleur, have only had preferred seeds 13 wins they've at this point right now it's not if they're getting in the playoffs but how are they going to spend their bye week how are they going to take a favorable matchup one road
5: playoff game under malaford that's it one road playoff game
3: right and that's and that's it so that was that was kind of my my next point here is you know, obviously they've got to play the Vikings, but the, this is kind of an interesting position to be in as a Packers fan because you're almost experiencing a, a fun kind of confidence that we haven't had in a really long time. Because the last time the Packers were not as good as they've been, they weren't in the playoff conversation. 2018 and 2017 were not great seasons, but this is the first time in, you know, dare I say, a very long time, there was obviously a season where, where this was a similar scenario. But from a confidence standpoint, Jake, the Packers are starting to heat up a little bit. I'm not going to say that they're better than or they're the scariest team in the NFL or the hottest team in the NFL right now. But you kind of you kind of like the storyline and the way things are setting up because they're they're not, you know, they're chiseled. They're having to play. They can't rest. They've got it. They know they're going to have to go on the road. It's just it's a different mentality. And maybe that's what this team needs.
5: Yeah. And that's a discussion that's been talked about, you know, for years is like. You know the team's been playing playoff games since december started and you know rogers talked about you know we've employed we played playoff games and meaningful games in december now we got meaningful games in january and i will say this i like i said i don't think the packers are the scariest team in the nfl by any stretch but when it comes to wild card teams probably in well maybe not either conference but in the nfc who would you rather play Daniel Jones Geno Smith Jared Goff or Aaron Rodgers and not just Aaron Rodgers but this Packers team is battle tested when it you know they remind me a a little bit not a lot of bit and since Eccles here I guess I can make a couple Eagles references but that team that Philly had after they won the Super Bowl where Wentz didn't have the greatest year but then they put in Foles and they went on the double doink in Chicago and then they went in and almost had a chance to beat New Orleans in New Orleans to go play in another NFC championship game the reason that I liked that Eagles team uh, from a perspective of playing against Chicago, where Chicago had never played in a playoff game before like that. And Philadelphia obviously had. They were defending champions. Green Bay's not defending champions, but Aaron Rodgers, Preston Smith, uh, Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, the, basically the entire offensive line, like a lot of Adrian Amos, Jair Alexander, a lot of these guys have played in playoff games. And that is something that you can see – maybe help carry a little bit against when you're a lesser team i think back to like the 2013 packers when they went eight seven and one and they played a niners team that was relatively new to the postseason picture and the niners and it was frigid freezing cold which i think was absolutely an equalizer on that particular day but the niners didn't blow them out like we all thought that they kind of should have now do i think green bay can go into santa clara and beat san francisco this would be since Since Kyle Shanahan and Matt LaFleur started locking horns in 2019, this is the worst Packers team between any of those teams, and this might be the best 49ers team, even with Brock Purdy playing quarterback. There's certainly an argument between this team and the one that played in the Super Bowl, because the difference between Jimmy G and Brock Purdy, I don't think, is, is a massive gap. So that being said, when you start looking at these other teams, I can promise you They would much rather have – it's kind of like the old – when the Lakers were having a a not great season and and LeBron said like, if I come into your building for a game one, you're a little more nervous than you would be for a normal like seven seed. Well, when you're welcoming Aaron Rodgers, four-time league MVP and a Packers team that's won what would have been what, five games in a row to get into the postseason – you're a little more uneasy than you would be playing Carson Wentz or Taylor Heineke from the Washington Commanders. So I do like the possibilities of at least being on that end of things.
3: Well, and Mark, too, oh. we talked about, remember how we talked about, you know, we haven't seen this team win more than three games in a row. So they have to win their last five games. Like it's, it's just, it's, it's simply not going to happen. And they still have two more games to go. It could very well not happen, but here we are. And so I'll, I'll ask you the same question about your confidence and Maybe, you know, maybe an about face with regards to them accomplishing something they hadn't done all season.
4: Well, no, I, I told you last week, if, if they, I didn't think they were going to be the Dolphins for a lot of reasons. One, I thought the Dolphins were a more talented team. The game was in Miami. As a person that likes to, you know, maybe wager a little bit on games, some of the trends, Miami coming home after a three-game road trip. The Packers traveling after a Monday night game there were just a lot of factors that pointed to Miami winning that game. And you know, like when, like you said, when it was 20-10 to 10 and the Dolphins had the ball in Packer territory, that game could have been, you know, but Jerron Reed makes a great play and Miami doesn't score again. Yeah. The Packers defense plays an unbelievable second half. Tua gets concussed again, and who knows if that, what kind of factor that was in the game. But mm-hmm. they win that game. So I, what, I, I think I told you this last week. If if they were to beat the Dolphins, I think they'll beat the Vikings and Lions. I, I, think, I think the Packers will do what they have to do. Now they're still going to need help. Washington's going to have to
3: lose one of two
4: to either Cleveland or Dallas, or the Giants could lose twice to the Colts and the Eagles. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> I don't I, I don't know if that's going to happen. But I, what bothers me the most is those, is if the Eagles beat the Saints this week, and they probably get well. They, they should. I mean, you never know. Hurts is out. Lane Johnson. Eagles are having some injury issues right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, their best tackles out.
5: Um, Miles Sanders and uh, AJ Brown were um, both limited or DNP's today.
4: Right. And the, the the corner Maddox is out for the year. Their their mm-hmm. nickel corner. And when he went out against Dallas, that made a, a huge difference. But I, I mean, if the Eagles beat the Saints, they the Eagles and Cowboys both go into that last week with nothing to play for. The Eagles will have number one wrapped up. The Cowboys will be locked into number five. Now it is division game, so I don't know how motivated either one of them will be to beat the Giants in Washington. Now, with that said, the Eagles might be good enough where their backups can beat the Giants. I mean that. Gardner Gardner Minshew is not a terrible backup. Cooper, um, who's the guy with Cooper, what's his name, the Cowboys backup? Rush. Rush. Cooper Rush is not a terrible backup. I mean, they, you know, I just I, I kind of hope the Saints beat the Eagles just to make those, mm-hmm. make them both have to play. Let Dallas think they can still catch the Eagles, and let the Eagles make the Eagles have to beat the Giants Because then I think there's no doubt. There's no way on a on a fair field, even there's no way the Cowboys are the Washington's beating the Cowboys, and there's no way the Giants are beating the Eagles. No way. There's right. no way. If the if the Cowboys and Eagles have to win. There's no way those two teams are beating those two
3: teams. So. No, no. But then, and and this, this is not how teams approach things. But do you really want to let Aaron Rodgers and the Packers into the playoffs? I mean, I, I you know, in my very skeptical mind, in my, you know, <laughs> I I can't too, yeah. I can't have nice things mine, which Jake is all too familiar with. I just I think of dumb stuff like that where I'm like, they, you know, they'll probably do that just oh, so no, they if don't they're
4: right if they don't have to win. But if, that's what I'm saying. If the Eagles I mean, lose to the Saints. They ain't worried they about do. Aaron Rodgers, yeah, no, They they're do. Yeah, they do beating the Giants and and secure in that number one spot Um, and same with Dallas if the Eagles lose are thinking hey we still got a shot here so we're not you know but again that's hoping let's hope Cleveland beats Washington Deshaun Watson plays like you know he used to play and Carson Wentz plays like he's played earlier in the year Mm -hmm. Um, because that's my worst nightmare my worst nightmare is the Packers do their thing get to nine and eight and miss out because Washington the goes eight, uh,
3: nine, seven, and one. Right. You know. Right.
4: Well, and then, well, and then all, 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 all you did was hurt your
3: draft pick <laughs> well yeah but the you know the draft pick i mean there's then when we've talked about it a bunch of times too there have been a lot of uh very high uh, first round draft picks that sure, right. didn't yeah. you know so but so you win the games you want the excitement so i guess the big thing is and obviously the the thing that we're talking about before any of these scenarios is the packers winning both games and it starts with sunday against the vikings so for everything that we've talked about here i guess the big the remaining question is is How do we see this thing shaken out? So, Jake, since you're our guest this week, we'll start with you in terms of, you know, if you want to throw a key to the game out there. But obviously, how does this one turn out? Packers are currently three and a half point favorites at home against the Vikings Sunday late afternoon. And they will they should know unless this game goes to quad. Well, actually be a tie again. And that would be very Washington like. But the commanders play in the early game. So the Packers would know the result of the Cleveland Washington game before they kick off in theory.
5: Yeah, they would. Um, in theory, I guess. Um, I, I it's weird because we're talking defense tonight, and I think the keys are on the offensive side of the ball. Can David Bakhtiari play? Can Josh Nyman play? Because if one of them can play, then Zach Tom can play the other spot. If if the other one can't go. Uh, But with those guys that Minnesota has, I mean, we know all too well what number 55 in Minnesota can do. And I've seen him. It was his anniversary. His best game as a Packer was five days ago, uh, three years ago as of five days ago, which doesn't make a ton of sense. But um, he's a game wrecker and Daniel Hunter is a game wrecker and they've got those guys. So if and if you can't block them. I don't care if the Packers have the 2011 receiving core out there. We talked about this for the Vikings. The same thing applies. Uh, the other thing, can Christian Watson play? He didn't practice today. That's a big one for Green. The Packers offense is just so different when Watson's on the field as opposed to when he's not. And right now, the biggest knock that you can give Watson is he's struggled to stay healthy. Now, whether that's luck or he's quote-unquote injury prone, that can be discussed uh, later. But I think those are your keys. Is If the Packers are healthy, I think – they have the games at home. They're riding high. It may not look the prettiest at times, but I think Green Bay has a really good chance to steal this game from them. It's just, you know, do they not? I'll use the old Jason prone ad. Just don't let the obvious thing beat you. And and the obvious thing on the defensive side of the ball, don't let Justin Jefferson go for 200 yards. You know, and I really think that they can contain, you know, with Devondre Campbell's back, Quay's more comfortable. So I think they can do a decent enough job taking care of TJ Hawkinson. Um, and then the other guys, you know, I mentioned that Thielen and Osborne are like steady Eddie type players, but they're not going to wreck the game on you. Don't let Dalvin cook run for 150 and don't let Jefferson catch for, you know, 200 yards. But I do, I, I don't call it a hunch, call it riding the, riding the wave, call it whatever you want. I think green Bay is playing with some confidence that they haven't had for most of the season. They figured out ways to win games. Um, Really, since that fourth quarter in Chicago, if, if Green Bay makes the playoffs, that fourth quarter in Chicago is absolutely the turning point of the season uh, because they were down. They came back and won, obviously, uh, everything that's happened from there since then. But, you know, you had that you had the asterisk when they went into the Miami game of, well, it was Chicago. Green Bay always beat Chicago. And the Rams are playing with you and I at wide receiver at this point and defensive tackle. And they're just struggling all the way around with some injuries. It is not. Los Angeles' year by any stretch of the imagination. But then they beat Miami, and Miami's a good team. You know, like I said, I think they've got some dumb to them, for lack of a better phrase, but they're a good team. I like Green Bay. Uh, I think that three and a half is pretty perfect. I'll say 27-24 Packers. Um, If I find out that Watson, Bakhtiari, Nyman aren't playing, then I reserve the right to change that pick. But, yeah, I like Green Bay. I think they are in a good position to win this week.
3: So you've got them hitting the over, which is at 48, and the Packers get a win at Lambeau Field. Mark? How does this one shake out?
4: I agree with with a lot of what Jacob said. That you know, I think the Packers win this game. I said last week. I told you if they beat Miami, I'm picking them the rest of the way. I think, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think it's going to be as close as that. I, I, I think, uh, like like a lot of stuff that we said earlier. The Vikings, it's 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 midnight. You know, it's time for the Vikings to have a to have a game go against them. To have the ball where they turn the ball over a couple times and they don't get any turnovers and, you know, they don't kick a 61, you know, they try a 40 yard field goal and it's wide, right. You know, instead of making from from 61. And I, I think the Packers win this game. I'm going to say 28, 20,
3: 28, 20,
4: which will put you I, right on the 48, by the way,
3: right on it. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if we'll, they'll hit the, the over under, but I, I think it's going to be a lot closer. I, for some reason I've got a 24, I've got the Packers winning, Twenty-four-twenty one. Won't be surprised if it's Money Mason at the buzzer once again to send the Vikings home in a game that they might almost steal late again. Again, it's a fourth quarter. I mean, you know, it's it's cheesy, but you see a lot of football teams kind of uh put their four up when they go into the fourth quarter and that kind of stuff there. So I could see that see that being a big thing for the Packers. They're gonna have to close it out and, and make sure that they finish this game strong. But I think they get it done, so it's a clean sweep. Packers win in all three of our picks and we'll be back to discuss it next week. I guess next week it'll be a little recap of the Vikings game and then we'll talk about the final game against the Detroit Lions in week 18, which hopefully means the world to the Green Bay Packers because they beat the Vikings and they're in a position to get into the playoffs by beating the Detroit Lions. So before we sign off, as we always do, Mark does some great work over Packer Report. So what is up now and what is coming up, Mark?
4: Well, up now is by the recap of the Dolphins game. Um, and coming up, is just got a lot of stuff, a lot of playoff, you know, what has to, like, what's a lot of stuff that we talked about, the games coming up, what they have to do, what they need, uh, and, and a look at those games, a look at the Washington Cleveland game, a look at the Giants Colts game, and then a look at, you know, um, the following week if things don't work out this week. Well, they're, well they're, it's going to hopefully things will work out, the Packers will win and, and they're still alive. So just what has to happen over the next two, two weeks for the Packers to, Miraculously make the playoffs.
3: Yeah, and there's still a lot to be done, but I think the Packers have put themselves in a good position. Obviously, the win over Miami is is big because without that, we're having a completely different conversation. Oh right, Jake had. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about the draft. I mean, most most likely, I mean, the scenarios, the flow chart would have been absolutely been a mile long of things that would have had to happen. We'd be we'd all have to be Bears fans, which is a very scary place to be for many many reasons, and that wasn't going to happen. So Jake had to drop. Want to thank him for coming on and, and being a third. And joining us for this show, we'll be back again on, uh, next week on Thursday. Thanks, everybody, for riding along. I want to wish everybody an early Happy New Year. Hope everybody stays warm and stays safe. You will hear back from us in our first show of 2023. Once again, hopefully it's a really, really good one. Thanks again, everyone, for riding along with the Pack Day podcast. Take care, be safe, and as always, Go Pack Go.